0: My name is Nadia Swearingen Friesen. I am an author and a speaker and a mom of four. Um, I want to talk with you about technology today. And here's the thing about this topic. There's going to be things that I tell you that you're like, well, that was common sense, lady. And it's totally true. But for some reason, we needed the research to show us that what we knew to be true was actually true. Um, I knew that this was an issue um, with my own kids. So my oldest is 22. He's the last year of millennials. He really hates that. Um, So he's the last year of millennials. He just feels like they get a bad rap and he doesn't want that. And then I have a 20, 17, and almost 16 year old. So we have lived this technology development in really real ways in our family. And I saw this happening in my classroom. Um, One of the things, one of the times that I first knew that it was an issue, the kindergarten teacher in the school where I taught Um, came in one year, and this was, honestly, about 23 years ago. It was kindergarten testing day, and she came in at the end of the day, sat down at the table in the teacher's lounge, and put her head down on the table. And we were like, holy cow, what happened? And she said, it used to be that kids would come in for kindergarten testing, and they knew the alphabet, and they knew their colors. They could alternate feet as they went up and down stairs. And now what's happened is they can tell me about... um, characters in video games and they don't know the alphabet and they can't write their name and it happened over maybe two years where it completely became something else Um, and obviously that was growing another little snippet of what this has become um, i was downtown chicago i live south of chicago i was downtown chicago with my family one day Uh, my kids know what i do this is what i do um And so they also know that the world and their entire lives can show up in a talk at any point. We were standing um, on the corner of a street downtown on one side. There were people on the other. And the light changed. We say, walking man. So I'm standing there with my young son. We're getting ready to cross the street. Now, I'm not kidding you. Across the street on the other side, there appears to be a typically developing child. So totally judge me. Maybe it's not a typically developing child. I still don't think this is a good way to handle it. The light turns, the mom says nothing, nothing. She takes her phone, I kid you not, puts the phone in front of her child's face and led him across the street like this. Yes, please gasp, because it is shocking. My son just said turns around and looks at me, he goes, ooh. That's going to be in a talk. (laughs) Uh, Love it. Um, So we actually we see this right. I um, sub actually for an entire row of teachers that I try not to look at for this whole time. Um, I sub for these guys, and um, that had me out of the classroom for about 20 years, from the time that I was a teacher, raised my kids, went back to subbing. The difference in kids, the difference in the classroom experience is so stunning, I can't not come here and talk to you. Um, I speak all across the nation, I've never spoken at CEA, I can't not come, because I can't, I can't believe how different it is. I can't believe how, um, how many different struggles kids are experiencing. And here's the thing, when technology rolled out, we didn't know, because there was no research, right? We had no idea what impact this was going to have on our lives or our kids' lives. And here's the thing, you guys. It's awesome. This is my phone. I have have like an awesome phone. I love my phone. We use technology in our house. I am not anti-tech. We have got to think about how we're using this and make some adjustments because what we have done with it isn't actually using this to the best of its ability. And the impact that it's had on kids is vast. And I'm not gonna make that up for you. The research is rolling out now. We didn't have it because we hadn't had technology at this level for long enough, but we do have it now. And so what we're finding is as technology rolls out, we're finding that uh, technology has impacted kids in huge ways, and so we're gonna talk about that today. So a couple really quick things. Um, I'm not anti-tech. Even MIT finds it helpful to learning. Um, it improves connection. You guys can send reminders. You can put a link. There's all sorts of things like that you can do using technology. They're really, really great. So it's not a matter of we want to not have technology. We have the ability to give students engaging content in a way that we've not been able to do previously. Um, I do want us to check that a little and find out if they really need that that level of engaging content all the time. Because some of the skills we want them to have, they're losing because everything is sort of fed to them. Everything's a video. Everything's a sound bite. Everything's a meme. Um, My daughter, and uh, my kids live with me, my daughter said one day, um, did you know that in the Harry Potter movie, they used, in the last movie, the baby from the first movie? Maybe some of you have heard this. And I was like, what? And so I'm thinking, oh, that could, like, that could be true, because it's about the right amount of time. The kid grew up and shows up in the last movie. So days go by, and I think, why didn't I hear about that? That's weird. So I look it up. It's a meme. It's not true. Not at all. But this is what we're dealing with with students, right? So I sat down with my daughter, and I was like, never and they'll look at a meme and then say, oh, this is fact, and then pass it on to somebody else. You can't research it, look it up, think about it. Um, But this is what we're dealing with in the classroom. This is what we're dealing with in life. So we have to be careful about the level of engaging content. Um, We can give them access to endless information. We have access to endless information. And that's awesome. You know, we used (coughs) to have to look stuff up. I still do this sometimes. We used to have to look stuff up in encyclopedia. It took a different amount of time. It's awesome that we can have access to the answers that are asked in classrooms quickly right on hand all the time so there's lots and lots of good stuff but we definitely need to learn how to discern how to use this and we have to think about what impact it's having on kids Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about what current research is saying about how technology is used some of this is Just really, and I know you know it, but it's stressful to even think about it. Kids 8 to 18, that's a big span, um, often spend seven and a half hours a day on screens. Now here's going to be the tricky part. (coughs) I speak to parents a lot. And when I speak to parents on this, I will tell you, they immediately say, oh, but the teachers have them on a screen at school. And then I say to them, "Why why do they have screens at school? And the parents just look at me and I say, but you were standing at the door saying, how come we haven't gone one-to-one? How come my kid doesn't have a laptop? And the bottom line is, as parents and as teachers, we're going to have to come alongside one another and we're going to have to approach this in a different way. So if you're using one-to-one technology in your classroom, I honestly, as a parent, would love to have the school say to me, we intend to use one-to-one technology for approximately an hour a day, two hours a day. I totally get, I totally get, because there's people sitting here right now going, and how do we even figure that out? I don't know, figure it out. Because I think the parents (laughs) need to know that, right? You need to be communicating as a school staff, as a department, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to use the um, computers this week to do this. We're going to do that for 20 minutes. You're going to use them, and you're going to use them for 30. We're done with computers for the day. I don't know, have a, have a sign-up sheet, something that says this is how much time. Because I think if you were able to say to parents, you know, you want to know what? what the American Academy of Pediatrics says is we need to have computers, have kids on screens, two hours-ish, which is laughable, right? Two hours-ish a day. So if that's what it is, the school needs to be able to say, we're going to take an hour. Or if you're, if you're in the middle of a huge project we're going to take an hour and a half. And tell the parents that. We, and I'm going to talk about this, part of what we need to do is we need to be educating parents because there's stuff that we just don't know. We're just learning it. The parents don't know it. I'm speaking to parents, I know they don't know it. Okay, we need to be talking to one another about all this. So this is a ridiculous amount of time. Seven and a half hours on a screen. There's lots of screens, right? We have phones, tablets, computers, TV, all of those things but seven and a half hours just and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here but here's the thing this seven and a half hours in previous generations has been used on developmental skills and that's where we have a problem This seven and a half hours in previous generations was spent using our hands learning about life playing outside interacting with other people looking people in the face speaking nicely to our parents All of those things happened previously. And they're not happening now because we're spending seven and a half hours a day on screens. And we're losing social skills. We're losing all sorts of skills. We're gonna talk about that. Um, So they have access via tablets. um, and I found this shocking. In 2013, 7% of kids zero to eight had a tablet. I, I cannot, I, I want to grab all, and I, I, you can totally be offended if you are this parent. I can live with it because I'm just going to go home at the end of the day. But here's the thing. <laughs> zero to eight, I, there's no zero that needs a tablet. There's no three that needs a tablet. There's no four. I, I know there's preschool teachers sitting in this room that are going, Dear God, please, please stop with the tablets because they can't use their hands. And now I'm in school trying to teach them to hold a pencil, which is something they should have been practicing at home. We need to get this information into the hands of parents. Yes, in a, in a nice way, but it is important. In 2017, 42%. You guys, 2013 to 2017. And I, I, we, we go, ah, oh. but don't we kinda know? Because aren't we seeing it in the classroom? Aren't you seeing that they are all over the technology? I can actually see in the classroom a difference between somewhere between second grade and fourth grade where I think there's just a giant bump up in screen time. A giant bump up, bump up at home. Um, and I see the impact of that in behavioral things in the classroom. Alright, keep going because i got a lot for you. Um, so the vast majority of this is independent. The American Academy of Pediatrics says that kids don't need independent time on a screen. That's their, like, base thing. We need to co-watch. We need to do things with kids. All right, so let's go. Um, Here's the thing. Take pictures. I don't care. Look it up. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what the stuff is. Some really quick things. um, Impact that we have seen on kids. Um, Sleep is impacted vastly, and we know why, right? Because the light that comes off of this mimics daylight. So if the light that comes off of this mimics daylight, then as soon as we put this in front of our face, our brain creates serotonin, which is our get up and work, right? And if we put this down, or we lower the lights in a house or in the classroom, our brain creates melatonin. So this our sleep, the sleep of children, all of it, impacted by this. Can't tell you how many parents say, we're going to have bath time, get ready for bed, and then you can have a half an hour on the tablet." And then they say, well, the kid won't sleep. Yep, because you just flooded their brain with serotonin. So maybe don't do that. Our kids are coming to school so tired. They're not getting good sleep at home. Not getting good sleep. Okay, moving on. Um, In this one, they have far less, kids have far less hands-on experiences. Um, This is just huge. Um, This... If you just zone out, because I know you're tired. You've been listening to a lot of stuff over the past day and a half. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this. The research is showing, this is so important. The research is showing that kids who learn things on a screen have trouble transferring that to a three-dimensional world. Literally the most important thing I'm going to say to you today. So... If they're, and I'm going to continue doing this, if they're learning on a screen and then you ask them that information or they have to recall it in real life, they cannot. We're not created to learn here and then live here. We can reinforce here. And I see middle school teachers, they can read here, write it down. We need to get it from the screen into the three-dimensional world to be usable and recallable by students later. You guys, honestly, think about it. Think about the impacts that that has on teaching. We need this information. They can't learn on a screen to use later. They're not going to recall it. (coughs) Alright, this is the other thing that's huge. Educational apps. Um, There are not a lot of them. that is something that we need to know and something that parents need to know. Apps that are marketed as educational don't have proven efficacy. Um, They're not created by educators. Uh, There are exceptions, PBS Kids, and I know that's a young one and there's lots of different ages represented in this room, but PBS Kids uh, is something. Sesame Street also has proven efficacy, but does that shock you in any way? that Sesame Street would be producing something that's educational, love it, of course they are, because that's been their goal. Their goal this whole time has been to educate kids. Other companies are creating apps to keep kids online. They make money by keeping them in the app, so they don't care if the kid is learning something. We have to be so careful to research the apps that we are, even on iPads and computers at school, We have to actually know. You guys, this is the kind of stuff we need to make sure that we're telling administrators. Because it's easy to scroll through apps and say, well, here's the cheapest one, or here's a free app. We can't make that decision. We have to actually know about who created the app and and what sort of efficacy it has. Um, More. Love that title. Will technology ruin your children's development? Not at all scary. Um, Okay, so it, it won't but it's impacting it. One of the things that I know you see this is that the social skills of kids are falling away. They don't look people in the face. They don't answer you. Um, They may be disrespectful. All of this is actually tied, and it's researched, tied back to their technology use. And can it be other things? Totally. But they're seeing a trend here tied to technology. Okay, our kids are not learning to um, look at people in the face, partially because everywhere they go, there's an adult like this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. mm-hmm. How was your day? Okay. Right? I've seen this. I've seen parents pick up their kids and come into the parking lot with their phone in their hand while they're picking up a child at the end of the day. It just crushes me. Crushes me. We need parents to be looking into the face of their kids, but you guys do not underestimate how important it is for you to look into their faces. They're starved for it. They're starved for it. They need to be seen. And there's an entire generation, a whole culture that doesn't know how to do that anymore. But you guys know better. And so you have to do better. You have to be the ones. You're not grading while the child's talking. You turn and you look, because they need it, and they need to learn to do it. All right, keep going. <coughs> um, so we had a statistic a minute ago about seven and a half hours for up to 18. This is kids under nine, more than two hours a day. These are littles often nap, although I can't tell you the number of parents that are putting them down with a tablet. Um, so they're not really napping, but the kids under nine are spending just ridiculous hours um, of the day on. Um, whoops, my fault. Go back. Going back to the social thing, um, they just don't look up, and they're not made to look up. Um, we need to raise the bar on this. If you have students who are working on something on a screen you still have to raise the bar to make sure that they're using appropriate responses. They answer you, they stop and look at you. We tell our kids all the time that people are more important than activity. I don't care what the activity is. People are more important than activity. And so we need to make sure that we're modeling that and we're expecting it. Okay, Um, so where does this intersect with with education? Um, So here's Bloom's Taxonomy. This is, uh, as I was really wrestling with this, um, preparing to speak to you, one of the things that I, I just kept coming back to is Bloom's taxonomy is affected at literally every single level by technology in a way that can be positive, but can also be really negative. Um, so my 22-year-old is a math teacher, and uh, I had fascinating conversations with him because he loves technology. He's 22. Um, he loves te- te- uh, technology. He's a first-year teacher, so we had really great conversations about this. I'll actually talk about him twice in this talk because he has a really great quote coming up. But I said, "What impact do you see?" And what impact, as a-, a freshly graduated college student, as a high school teacher? And he said, "It has technology has the the ability to move us up to maybe evaluate, but it has." the greater opportunity to knock us down. If it's not used appropriately, we're actually moving down into the more base levels, and not moving up to create, not moving up to evaluate. Um, This right here is huge, because what did I just tell you about when they learn on a screen? I mean, we're going to our base, you guys. This is our base, right? This is the first year of your education classes. We're going to our base, and what I'm telling you is Technology can keep the kids from actually remembering. So how does any of this happen? If we're not using this appropriately, how does any of it happen? We have to learn how to use technology so that we can move up. It actually matters. We need to learn the information, remember it, reflect on it, understand it, apply it, think of it, justify it, then use it to produce new work. That's not how we're using uh, technology right now right? It's not how we take in information. Um, When we have shorter attention spans, less ability to work with others, it leads to slower development. I learned this last year. This is fascinating to me. So here's why they have shorter attention spans. I want you, so Mr. Rogers, are you with me? Right? We love him. We're a group of people who generally love him. Um, (laughs) I do. I really love him. So walk with me. Mr. Rogers' show starts. This is like the favorite part of my job because I get to talk about Mr. Rogers a lot and I can't tell you how your faces change when I start this. It's so cool. Anyway, so we see the neighborhood. The little piano part starts, right? We see the neighborhood. There's a cut in the filming, right? The camera cuts. Cuts to Mr. Rogers. He's at the door. He opens up the door. He's singing. He's just so happy. So he opens up the door and he comes in and he's singing and he walks to the closet. Right, and he opens up the closet, and he takes off his suit coat, and he hangs it up. He takes out a sweater, and he puts it on, and then he walks to the bench, and he sits down. He takes off his dress shoes, and he puts on his gym. She's still still singing. He sings for a minute thirty-five, and <laughs> I get that not everybody knows this, but he sings for a minute thirty-five. There's no cut. There's literally no camera cut. Are you with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? You cannot, because I can see you. Okay, so. Here's the thing. We sat as children, right, or watched our own children sit and did not move a muscle while we watched this man change into his play clothes (laughs) so we could have his show with us, right? A minute 35. Now, I just looked up a Mr. Rogers episode on YouTube. I actually really, I didn't want to put the whole episode in, but we don't have enough time. But um, it was... An hour-long Mr. Rogers episode with no cut. No cut. Now, here's the thing. Was Mr. Rogers, like, so great that he knew we needed to pay attention? No. It takes two cameras to cut, and it was a cheap show. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what kids were raised on. Now, I looked up what are the most popular sorts of programs right now. Paw Patrol comes up very quickly. So I pulled up the opening to Paw Patrol, and I tried to count the cuts. I can't count them. Like it's so fast, and it's a children's show. I literally can't count them. I was like, "What was that, oh wait, oh, uh, three, I don't know. Um, you guys, this is what has happened to TV. This is what's happened to programming and, and how it impacts our kids. So now you have Mr. Rogers who's so peaceful and just goes nice and calmly through his minute 35, and we could sit in classrooms and we could listen to teachers, not perfectly, But we could, because we knew to sit, we knew how to be quiet, we knew how to focus. And now kids are exposed to boom, 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 boom. And then they go into class with you, and there's no cuts. It's crazy. It is expecting so much of you. This is the kind of thing we need to teach parents. This is what parents need to know. Because they have no idea that the stuff that they're exposing their kids to actually has an impact on your work, your ability to educate kids, and we have to be able to work together so that kids can attend. You should not need to do a song and dance to educate students. We don't, we don't need it to be that. Okay, gotta keep going. <clears throat>
1: uh,
0: this is my other Noah quote. <clears throat> my husband didn't know that it was Noah, my son. Um, But he goes, oh man, that's so good. And I was like, dang, I really wish I could take credit for that. Um, So I said to Noah when we were processing through all this, I don't feel like we need to turn back to old ways. And he said right away, we don't. We need to divert courses. We don't need to do away with this. This is awesome. It's fantastic. Okay, My computer, absolutely fantastic. My iPad, my watch, love it. We have to find a way to use it differently. We need to divert courses. We can still use it. You guys, when you look at this picture, this makes me sad. This makes me sad. Doesn't it make you sad? Here's two teenagers who will have no shared memories. Right? Are we fighting for that? I, at The school where my kids went, they take away um, phones on the bus. The kids are going to have no shared memories. They're on the bus, everybody on their independent thing. We need to help kids to connect to one another. One of the things that um, I was just talking with a friend about this the other day. Do you want to know what the most watched programs are on Netflix by millennials and Gen Z? Friends.
1: Friends
0: in the office. Absolutely. Friends in the office. And if they want to just sit and kind of giggle and relax, do you know what else they watch? Bob Ross. Anyone? Uh, Happy little tree. Happy little tree. Okay. My 20-year-old has seen more Bob Ross than I have. Um, You guys, listen. What do friends do? Now, I've seen every single episode, more times than I can count. Absolutely, hands down, my favorite show. Friends go to the coffee house. They sit down. They didn't own cell phones till the final seasons. Millennials, Gen Zers can't get enough. Well, yeah, they can't. That's literally what we're all hungry for, right? It doesn't even matter, Ross and Rachel. This is a group of six friends sitting together every single day. They're doing life together. They're talking. Think about the opening to the office. So Mr. Rogers-like. Here's, like, this music, little scenes in the background. It's peaceful. And then what do they do? They talk to each other. What are we having a hard time getting kids to do? Talk to each other, right? I talked to my my high schoolers and I said, um, "So, at lunch, how does that conversation go?" They said it does not because everybody has a phone. Oh, that just kills me. That just kills me. I want them to have more interaction. So, what does it look like? Um, what do we need to do? How am I doing on top? Oh, okay, here we go. Um, educate. What do students need? They need healthy development. What does this mean? You guys, I know you know this. I'm going to say it anyway. They need these things. Holy cow. They absolutely have to have a physical outlet. They have to. They have to have recess and they have to have lots of it. They have to have gym. They have to have sports opportunities. They have to have opportunities to use their bodies. I can go into all sorts of reasons why they have to make noise and move their bodies. When I sub, and I I know there's probably teachers here who don't love this, but when I sub, I tell them, I want you to go outside, get to the wood chips, run and scream. That's literally what kids need. They actually need to scream, especially boys. They have to scream. It is part of their biology. It's absolutely fine for them to do it if it's an appropriate place, but it actually matters. They need self-awareness and communication skills. They need friendships, belonging, and connection. They need education from a lot of sources, including books, and research, and experiments, and projects. They need those things. Everything cannot be something that is done on a screen. Um, So we absolutely have to keep in mind the healthy development of kids. And then, we need to teach students to use technology as a tool and not a toy. So... The one thing I need you to remember is, they are not learning and using in the three-dimensional world. This is the next thing. Needs to be a tool and not a toy. My, I went to public high school. <clears throat> I, I follow them on Facebook, and um, it's an area with a lot of poverty at this point. And they put um, out on Facebook recently that if the parents come to parent-teacher conferences, the kids will be given a smartphone with service. Um, and they, they're they doing that because they believe that the kids don't have access to internet at home. And it would give them access to something to research. So I mentioned this to my kids. And they said they will watch YouTube videos. If you ask your students what they're doing on technology, isn't that what they're going to say? I'm watching YouTube videos. Um, I don't know if you have poked around in YouTube very much, but the access to things we would sincerely not want kids to have access to is literally right there in the sidebar. It's right there. We do not need to have kids sitting on YouTube. We need to use technology as a tool and not a toy. We don't need to kill time with it. No child in America needs to be as entertained as this generation of children. It's ridiculous. We have entertained them to death. And then to say, we want you to do this and interact in this way is such a far jump. It's totally fixable. You guys have such an impact in the lives of these kids. You can actually fix this thing. And I mean that. You actually are the people who can do it. Um, So tools teach, toys entertain. We have to teach them to use it as a tool and not a toy. All right, moving on. A couple of ideas that I think we should try. We need to educate students on the best way to maximize tech use. We can do this in kindergarten, in eighth grade, to high school seniors. They need to hear from you. Here's the thing, you guys. I need you to be on screens less. Or, after school, this is what I need you to do. Even when I'm subbing, I have said to kids, here's your homework today. Your homework is to go home and play outside. I will tell you that I will have kids every single time that I've done that. I have kids that come up to me and say, my mom will not let me do that. There's no way I can't do that. Kids need to play outside. If you are the teacher of a little one, you absolutely they need to hear it from you. They need to hear it from you all the time. If you are the teacher of a high schooler, they need to hear it from you. My 22-year-old is most often found in a tree. He is 22. He still needs to go outside. He still needs to use his body. The other day we went to church. He was at church with us on that Sunday. He ran home from church, I don't know, five miles. He literally ran. But he knows that he needs to use his body. All of our students, no matter what age you teach, have got to use their bodies in new ways. Okay, studies show that technology is not best for learning. Older children will collect information via research, um, but it's different to collect information. Right? And we're going to talk more about that in a second. Younger kids need hands-on learning in order to retain information. Primary teachers, I totally get you're getting pressure to use these things. We have got to engage in conversation differently with administrators, with parents, all across the board. I'm not saying we can't use it. And I totally know your your schools have spent a trillion dollars gathering up all these different levels of technology. I get it. But we have to find a different way to use it. Right? have to find a better way to use it. Uh, We can use tech to reinforce. Teach kids to get information in through a variety of methods. Speaking, singing, writing, listening, all of those things are ways into the body. So when we look at um, this one, older children will collect information via research. Yes, have them collect it, totally. Do not have them take notes on a, a laptop. And and I know you guys are like, but that's what we do. Stop doing that. Because what's happening is they take it in and it's here, and now it's available on a screen. I get that they may then take a test on a screen, but we're not actually teaching them to take tests. They have to have that information in their real life. Right? So if they can't take it out of the screen, then we have to do something different. Yes, have them research. Tell them they have to take notes with their hands. Okay, Quizlet. Love Quizlet. My kids are only allowed to use it after they've actually written out all their notes. Teach that to parents, please. Your students will do so much better. My kids are so embarrassed that their mother was right about this. They're so mad. But I I will literally tell them, no, we're not, put the phone away entirely. We're not doing that. Write out your notes. Go through. Did you learn it? Wonderful. Check it on Quizlet. Yes, use it as a tool. Right? That's using it as a tool. We're using Quizlet to reinforce what we think we've learned. Check knowledge with technology, Quizlet. All those things, that's the kind of stuff that we need to do. I still have more. Um, we have got to raise expectations for communication in the classroom. This, this is hard. I get it. Um, we need to bring back expectations for quality Communication. Um, so I talked, I've talked. i talked with several teachers about this, trying to figure out, can it be part of the rubric? Can you have kids who are working in group work evaluate one another? Can you say, yes, they had good eye contact? Yes, they communicated clearly. Yes, they participated. That's the kind of stuff that we need to bring back to the classroom. But you also have to have them look at you. If you teach wee little ones, my daughter was adopted in China, So when she first came home, she had no idea about eye contact or why we were always in her face. But we did this. (coughs) Phoebe, look at me. What mom wants to know is, do you want a juice cup? Do you want a juice cup? Well, eventually I don't have to tap my nose. And she learns to look at my face. We have to demand it. We have to show them that we are going to look at them. We expect them to look at them. It is a small thing for you to say, honey, can you look at me, please? Okay, let's talk about your struggle in math. Right? We need to do that. We need to expect better communication. And have them evaluate that in group work. Those sorts of things will go a really long way. And their life skills. Holy cow, we need to help reinforce these life skills. Moving on. Um, we need to absolutely educate and empower parents. And if you don't know what to do about that, come and talk to me, and I'll hand you my card, and we can figure it out is this is what I do, and I love to do it. Parents need to be educated about the impact of technology on kids. They don't need to know that this is bad. They need to know how to use this so that it's good. We need to suck all the good out of this. That's what we want to do. Um, as new research rolls out, we have to be the leaders we've always been. we got to get that information out. We need to teach students about advantages and risks. We can tell them that technology is fantastic. We can show them how to use the good in it. But we also have to communicate to them that if they're using it in ways that are excessive for entertainment alone, that that costs them. Even little kids can hear from you. It's okay to have a little bit of screen time. But we also have to play outside every day, every single day. We need to offer educational sessions for parents to learn about research and how to use technology as a tool. We need to help them understand how tech is being used at school so that they can adjust their at-home use. We have a long history of working in partnership with parents. And we need to do that in a very intentional way around the topic of technology. We need to come side by side. They want to hear from you. I talk to them all the time. They want to hear from you. Let's come alongside parents and help them to know. They're worried, too, you guys. They're worried, too, just like you're worried. So let's come alongside one another and figure out how we can, for the good of kids, learn to to use this better. Maintain that awareness of healthy child development, how to foster that. Be intentionally careful with online homework. Oh, man, this is hard, and I, again, I can totally offend you, but here's the thing. So textbooks have gone online. Let me speak to you as a parent for a minute. I'm, it's so hard for me. What used to take my kids 10 minutes to do homework will take three hours. Because as we say in our house, they go down the rabbit hole. So I, one of my kids super curious, annoyingly so. So he is doing homework on this one thing, and he thinks, oh man, I've never heard of that. New tab, look that up. Ooh, never heard of that. New tab. Holy cow, you have 10 questions to do on tab one. Stop opening other tabs. Don't put down the rabbit hole. Or we tell them, write down a list of things you'd like to research later. But don't do it during, it, it is so difficult when all the homework is online. Parents are pulling their hair out. Because we have lost family time. We've lost family time. Because what was 15 minutes of homework? I've just lost my entire evening. I have no time with like my. careful when we're assigning things you're going to put them online or please help them to learn talk to them about staying on task do this one thing just do this one thing then we're not going to do anything else right but as soon as we get in front of that screen and i don't know about you but i i've seen this in myself because it's so distracting like even earlier today I picked this up, I was supposed to text a friend, and there was something, as there is right now, there was a notification, and I was like, oh, it wasn't, okay, <laughs> completely forgot to text. Ten minutes later, I'm like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to send that to Neil. Right? It actually makes us forgetful, because it's so distracting. So when we can have stuff that's not online, that's okay. Let's do that. Everything doesn't have to be online. Allow for um, encourage time at home to be spent off screens, outside resetting. There's a ridiculous amount of research that shows that kids need time outside, that it reduces the symptoms of ADHD. Um, There's really good reasons for that. Trees clean air. Kids use big muscles outside. There's a lot of reasons that kids do better when they're outside, but there's a ton of research that says that that that's true. I'm almost done. You guys have done a great job of sticking with me. Thank you for that. Um, Really quick. Love this quote. The best way to predict your future is to create it. And that's the business we're in. That's the business we're in. You guys are doing an amazing job of creating the future. Every day you walk into the classroom and you are doing an amazing job of creating the future, teaching kids what they need to know to continue to roll out these great things that we're going to need in the future. That's the work we need to be doing. And if there's something that bumps up against that that we're not using correctly, we need to adjust it so we can keep doing this. And if what the parents are doing is causing this to be difficult, then we sit down with them and we say, here's the thing. This is what research is just rolling out. We need to do this differently, and here's some ideas. They they want the best for their kids, just like you want the best for for your students. I love this Mm -hmm. quote. We have Beethoven's among us, Jane Austen's, Steinbeck's, inventors, discoverers. But if this culture has its way, they may never materialize. Who will be the Eugene Peterson's spending years learning biblical languages, then eons of long hours slowly, meticulously translating them? If we don't awaken to the ridiculousness of how we're being trained to think, we're going to reach the end of our lives and be able to say, I did two Instagram posts a day. (laughs) Love it. It's absolutely meaningless, we're lost in the meaningless when we have access to literally everything, all the most amazing things in life we can learn about. And kids and adults are just scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Twitter. Those things can be a tool, but we need to use them better really, really quickly, in a nutshell. Embrace the good, model it. You find a great way to use technology? Show them, teach them. You think they're using technology too much? Call them on it. Um, I, on Facebook, had asked a bunch of educators how they're using it and what struggles they have. There's a school in Florida, Christian school in Florida, literally have eliminated all phone use during all school hours. Um, so I talked to my husband about that, he goes, she made hate that. And maybe I would because I'm a parent that I love that I can reach my kids. I love it. So that's where that's the rub, right? Because if there's a question or if somebody needs a ride or rehearsal was adjusted, I can know that. These kids they can't use their phones at all. But you know what they do have? Conversation over lunch. They have kids who are talking on the bus. They're in the hallway talking. I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, so some of it's hard. We need to think it through. We need to find balance between the wonder of technology and the wonder of the world. Because with kids not playing outside, man, they're missing it. It's fall. Did anybody else drive here just marveling? Yeah. Just, oh, my gosh, it has to be peak, right? It has to be peak. It's so beautiful. That's what we need. That is exactly, we need to have kids off screens, off screens in the bus, off screens in their parents' car, off screens looking out the window. God gave us this amazing creation, and we need to interact with it. We need to see it, marvel at it. We need to talk about it. Those are the things that kids need from us. We need to raise the bar for students, offering varied experiences and detailed direction to discover more (coughs) more and more. Yes, learn it. Learn. Look it up. Research it. Write it down. Yes. There's so much to learn. So much to learn. But we need to help them to do that. Educate yourself on the positives and negatives of technology use and share this information with students in age-appropriate ways. There is no student represented in this room that cannot be taught about technology, and I know the ages in this room. There is not one student that cannot be educated about the impact of technology, even little ones. I know that you love the iPad. I know that. But you know what I really love? I'd love to see you running on the playground. I'd love to know that you play outside. We need to send those early messages. I see that you're always on your phone junior in high school. Really want you to be able to look into the face of your classmates. want you to build memories that are here. I want us to learn to be present with one another while we're present with one another. We need to help kids to see that. Um, educate students and parents on all of it. We need to be coming alongside parents in new ways. Discover and motivate your Beethoven's and your Steinbeck's, um, which is huge, I know. Um, it's, a, it's a huge task. I don't um, say any of this lightly. I know how difficult this is. It's a hard topic, and I know this is a ton of information um, over a broad spectrum of ages. Um, but I think this topic is so important. We have to come to a place where we now look at what research is saying and process that and say, now that we know what impact this has on kids, what will we do? And that's what you have to figure out. That's the question you need to take back to your schools. Let me pray for you, and if you have any questions, you can come and talk to me. Ooh. You plenty of time. Do I? Well, 15. Awesome. Do you have questions? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thank you. Do you have questions? I'm happy to answer stuff. Please.
1: Yeah, I, I'm wondering how... Every parent is concerned about the longer of his children. Absolutely. But... Um, I think that in some cases, education is not going to be enough. They don't want to give up their technology themselves. And it's a lot easier to let your phone or laptop or tablet babysit your kid than to deal with the stuff mm-hmm. when they're more active. And so I think it's a. Uh,
0: I think the it's parents more, are. I
1: think we need more than education to, for parents and kids to, to say
0: no. And what doing. does that more look like for you? I, I don't know. I don't know. So here's my experience. I think you're right, the parents don't want to part with their technology. Um, I do think that parents are open to what are some things we can tweak with our kids. Now, there are parents who are like, I'm on the phone too much and I know it, and they feel guilty about that, and they want to do different. So if we came alongside them, I think there are some people who would change, some people who would seek a better way. For the rest, I think it makes sense for us to be able to say, "Here are some concrete changes that will yield a huge result," and here's some some ideas. Um, we're not going to use a phone in the car. That's big, all right. Or, or goodness gracious, these TVs and cars it just drives me crazy because I, I don't know about other parents in this room, but when I picked up my kids at school, I wanted to know about the day. So when they're picked up and then down comes the screen and now we're watching Peppa Pig or an old friends episode, I don't understand it because you just missed out on something you can't get back, right? So I I think there's little things like, don't turn the TV on in the car, Um, don't have technology at the table. So when you sit down to have dinner, don't bring your phone. And I think even adults, even the parents, can sort of wrap their head around the importance of conversation. Mm -hmm. Because if we can make that change, right, even if that was the only change they made, we have already fixed, can you look at me? Can you listen to me? Can you attend when there isn't a song and dance? Right? So we take turns telling the, the, the tale of our, of our day around the dinner table. That's huge. Don't have phones in the bedroom. Those are, those are such concrete things that if you were able to say to parents, here are three things that research say will yield huge results just three things and they put those boundaries in place for their kids you will all reap the benefit of that they're small changes but that in the bedroom thing is crazy because the high schools don't sleep because they're on the phone They're just, and they're on the phone and they're unattended um, that's a huge thing but I really believe that the majority I will say that the majority of parents who wrap their head around putting some boundaries in place for technology that will reap benefits in the, in the long run. I don't think that parents know the impact that it has had on you. I don't think they know. I don't think they know that they can't sit, that they won't listen, that they don't look at you, that they don't know how to talk to them. I don't think parents know that. And I think if they did, if you said to parents, tell me about your favorite high school memories and they start talking about stuff and you literally can tell them your child's not going to have it. They're not going to have it. That connects for them. I just think they don't know what to do. I think they're super tired and so it's easy to go to technology. Um, But I, I do, I believe they want more. Maybe I'm optimistic. Why are parents so much more tired now than those of us who are older were when our kids were Because they're doing the same thing with technology. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, right, The parents are spending more time on technology, and that takes time, and then they have to hurry up and do stuff. That would be one thing. The other thing is, kids are doing more stuff. We had a change in how we understood um, education. It's happened in the last 25 years. We had it, do you, and I know you'll remember this. This kid's good at reading, this kid's good at math. Not the same kid, right? This one's good at reading, this one's good at math. That actually makes sense. Educationally that makes sense. It's a different wiring of the brain. Now, we expect all kids to be good at all the things. And in addition to that, in order to be able to pay for college, just graduated one, have another one in, have two more coming mm-hmm. up. I need money from the colleges. In order to get money from the colleges, they have to have been doing all the things. So my second born, who is ridiculous, right, played soccer, plays the violin, is in every play, is in every musical, and one state. All different things, right? All of it took time. Every single bit of it took time. He got money for all of it, but it all took time. College has changed. It impacts high school. It impacts uh, middle school. Can you play sports in high school? Thank God at our high school you can if you didn't do everything in travel. But how many kids are in travel? You can't You can't argue with a travel coach. So there's a lot of things going on here and some of it we can fix and some of it we can't. But I do think that we need to be realistic that they're tired. They are tired. And it, it if parents aren't sleeping because they're taking those to bed, that impacts it too, right? Then we're even more tired. So there's a lot of things that, I think, play into that. More questions? Yep. Are there good websites or tip of the day or something that we could share with parents? Because I feel like I'm always preaching to parents. And that, you know, so much is so much. But sometimes if there's other good sources, I would say that what we need to offer parents is expertise from the people who are with their kids all day. I would rather not send a parent to another website just because then they're going down the rabbit hole. I would rather they hear from um, a beloved teacher in the school who says, this is, this is what I'm hearing, and this is what I see, and this is a great way to use technology, and this, but what we're seeing is they're over and I know it's hard to say that because parents will get uh, defensive, so we couch that in a different way. But I think we need to be able to communicate to parents in other ways, other than using more, more chat. Yep. Um, I'm
1: thinking of this conversation as, like, for example, uh, now telling people Um, and we should be walking more. Yes. Meanwhile, we are all living in cities that are not walkable. I'll speak for myself, I'm living in a city that's not walkable. Yes. Um, I'm living like, not in a walkable distance from my job. Sure. And my grocery store is not realistically a walkable distance if I'm going to carry things. So I guess what I'm saying is that we're, we're talking about micro um, uh, solutions when it seems to me like we're actually past the stage of the of just micro-solutions for this and saying, you know, kids take your don't have your um, phone in your bedroom, and yet, um, you know, if they're the only kid in the school who doesn't have, isn't responding to tags at like 10 p.m. or whatever, 11 um, you know, there, there's like a whole, you know, there's a macro, there's a macro solution that we all need to be thinking about as well. So we yes. can shame people into saying you need to do this, you need to do that. I be like tons, you know, people who live in the
0: suburbia. You yeah. really should be biking everywhere. I'm not going to do it. Right, and I don't advocate that we shame anyone. I think we need to educate people. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't mean shame. No, people. no, no, no. I just I mean, like
1: it's like micro micro solutions are not. Well, I'll that.
0: tell you. I um, so I speak at schools, and one of the schools uh, I had a different tech talk, talk, and I mentioned to her uh, the person who books me there. Um, that I was tweaking the talk, um, that I wanted to include current research, and I wanted to give um, parents and teachers ideas about what to do now that we know. And um, she jumped at that situation, which was great. Um, As I was doing the research and processing it, I was sitting with my husband at the kitchen table, going through all this research, going through and through and through, and I literally put my head down on the table. And he said, what is it? And I said, I can't fix it. I don't know what to say. I can't make this better. It's so big. The research is so, so overwhelming. And you guys, it's not a concept, right? These are human children. They are the children you love. They are the children who come into your classroom every single day, can't wait to be with you often. It's overwhelming. But here's what I know for sure. when we're overwhelmed, we literally do nothing. That's just humans. Right? When you get overwhelmed, you literally do nothing. And we can't, we can't afford it. And we can't afford it. We have to somehow pick one small thing. We have to pick the one small thing and say, I don't know if I can fix this. But you guys, listen. There's nobody who can fix it more than you. Parents it's you and parents there's, that's it there's there's nothing else there's nowhere else to go so yeah sit here a second feel overwhelmed with that reality I'm real sorry that sucks <laughs> <laughs> and then just pick the one thing just the one thing because if you're doing one thing and I'm doing one thing and the person next to you is doing one thing and we go back this first week We go back and we say, holy cow, just one thing. We're all going to be making a move that matters. And it can make, I believe it can make a difference. I really believe it can. And if it just makes a difference, if it makes a difference in five kids in your classroom, holy cow. But what if it's 20? What if they all hear you? What if they go home and say, my teacher says we need more time off this phone. And mom hears you. Holy cow, your voices matter, I know, because I have a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, an almost 16-year-old, and they come home every day and quote you. Every day, your voices matter. So you can sit here and feel overwhelmed, or you can get up and say, not on my watch, I'm not giving into to this. This is impacting the very population that I sat in classes with however long ago, sat in classes trying to learn how to do this thing because I loved the population. Love them in the hard, man. This is the hard stuff. Then you show up and you love them in the hard stuff. And you find a way to do it differently because we can't keep going the way we are. I mean, who's going to come up with the stuff we need? Who's gonna create the next stuff? Do you know that one of the things, where's my phone? That one of the things that um, one of the new bits of research that's just rolling out says that this is actually causing failure to launch. Do you know what that is? It's when kids don't grow up. They stay home and they don't grow up. They're actually researching that. You guys, if they don't grow up, who creates the new stuff? Who is teaching the next generation? Who's doing the things? Who's going to be the grown-ups? We can't afford that. Think, Those of you who um, teach high school, seriously, think about how many kids don't drive. Failure to launch, you guys. Think about how many kids don't drive. They don't want to drive. It's scared to drive. Raise your hand if you got your license when you were 16. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Not happening right now. We need to push kids. The world is scary when this has been the only world. It's terrifying. No, we can't have that. We need to get them outside. They need to experience the world. We need to have them put the phones down. They need to be out of school. They need to be interacting with other populations. They have to be doing those things so that they can inherit that world from us and do the next stuff. We can't have an entire... Generation of kids with the failure to launch can't afford it, and we're all going
1: to get old, man. <laughs> we're going to stop doing stuff, and they're going to want—they—they
0: they need to do it. Yep. Would you count it as screen time if we are giving notes or doing activities and we're using a PowerPoint? I don't know. Would you? <laughs> I guess it depends what I'm having them do with it so here's I guess I would look at it this way are they um, getting notes off of a PowerPoint for hours per day then I would count that as screen time because they're not it's not interactive right it's passive if we're using technology as a tool then how are we using it to move forward how are we using it not just receiving it mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying evaluate for yourself how much time the kids are spending in that, in that situation and what that looks like. I'm more often like showing a picture, get up, talk to your partner about it. or Love that. Yeah, yeah, no, love that. I think that's a tool. That's great. Absolutely great. All right, let me pray for you and then you can go. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you that we we're able to be here together. Um, holy cow, it's big. It's just big. As we sit here, um, Father, I just ask that you uh, literally help us to to picture the faces of our students. Of students in our class right this very second. Um, Father, give us heart for those kids. Help us to stand up and say no, I'll fight for you. Uh, There's a better world and a better way and I want to lead you to it. Help us to sense your are drawing us in that direction. We want to go your way. Help us to see it and to know it. Help us to discern. Give us wisdom. We thank you for the gift of teaching, the gift of children of all ages. Help us to do our very best. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.